educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome aboard to the Thursday edition. You know, yesterday I was saying it was Thursday all day long. and uh, so, But I didn't jump to Friday. I'll tell you what's coming up on Friday here in a minute. But anyway, welcome to the Thursday show. We're delighted that you chose to uh, tune us in. It is 509, Thursday, November 30th. Educate, inform, entertain. Let's do all of that, shall we? Uh, truth over tribalism, principles over partisanship, uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. We, uh, we love that you're uh, tuning us in. Uh, and follow us on X and Facebook. You never know what uh, may be popping up on the uh, social media channels. Uh, we like to talk to you after hours because we only get you for an hour a day. So let's uh, continue the conversation. Uh, and, yeah, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's the Friday Afternoon Club. It's truly the entertaining part of the week. And it's the return of Chef Kevin Shin, uh, my co-host, every Friday. Kevin has uh, taken some time off here this past month. So uh, Kevin will be back in the studios mixing up some tasty cocktails or something. And so, yeah, tune us in tomorrow. Uh, and say hello to uh, Steve Hardesey, uh, producing the show today. Steve, thanks so much for being here. Great to be back, Dan. And I did speak with Johnny Cadillac on the phone this morning, and he will be in the studio for the Friday Afternoon Club tomorrow. You know, he would be really disappointed if he wasn't able to be here for the Friday Afternoon Club. Oh, he made that known to me. So <laughs> glad to hear Chef Kevin's back as well. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we appreciate it very much, filling in for Johnny. Um, but yes, every Thursday, as you know, it's uh, the Lincoln Business Roundtable where we welcome in uh, the business leaders, the people that make this city purr uh, in the business world. And so I'm delighted to welcome into the studio Kevin Kester. Uh, Kevin is the Director of Business Development for LPED, which stands for the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. Kevin, welcome aboard. Hey, Dan, it's great to be here. It's a, it's a little tough being the, um, the Kevin that is not mixing cocktails <laughs> in the office or in, in the studio, but I'll, I'll do my best to oh, live up to what I can. You are uh, primed and ready to go, my friend. Well, uh, it is. It's a delight to have you and because uh, we haven't had you on the show, yeah. so I'm delighted to, uh, to have you on and to talk about what you do for the LPED, for Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. And I know we've talked about LPED on the show before, uh, but maybe uh, when Jason's been on and others, but maybe remind our listeners uh, what LPED is and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, LPED, like you said, Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, we are, we're housed within the Chamber of Commerce. Honestly, most, most people kind of confuse whether I'm at the Chamber or LPED, and that's a little bit by design because we want to be one one group that works all together as well as with the visit folk, the visit Lincoln folks. But, uh, but anyway, we, we're, our, we're our own entity. We're the economic development group in the city, um, a public private partnership between the city of Lincoln as well as private investment in the community. And we do just like it sounds kind of all, all things economic development. There's a, there's a team of six of us, um, a heavy emphasis on, on talent workforce and labor, which we can dive into a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. Um, some emphasis on entrepreneurship and then, uh, 
business growth and recruitment, the growing the businesses that are here and finding good ones that fit into our community. Very cool. And give our listeners a little background on Kevin Kester. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up just down the road in York. Um, nice. So Lincoln was the, the big city for me uh, <laughs> growing up. Um, I, I came to school in Lincoln. I, I'm a story that, that we hear a, a lot. I'm a boomerang, boomerang. guy. Yeah, yep, absolutely. I um, There's a longer story than I have time for today, but I was previously in healthcare. My, my oh, compass really? has always been helping people. Yeah. Um, looked for different ways to scratch that itch over time and eventually built into the career that I have now where um, it's all about relationships and that's been important to me forever. So I was in, grew up in York, Lincoln for a bit, boomeranged through the Midwest and been back in Lincoln for probably about 10 years. And I've been with the partnership for uh, getting close to three years now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's a great organization and it is. It's that unique private public partnership because yeah as you mentioned the city uh helps fund uh, lped and then you're also funded by private entities uh here in the city as well yeah absolutely you know that uh, economic development organizations can be completely public they can be completely private but having that being able to be dynamic is how i describe it to to folks more than anything that public private partnership you get to you have those inroads with city administration but maybe have a little bit more ability um so, like I said, be dynamic, be kind of more light on your feet than if you were a, a, a governmental entity. Um, it's great. We're really able to be effective that way. I've had this conversation with Jason Ball, uh, president of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, uh, from time to time. And, of course, Jason has been around the country before he boomeranged back to Lincoln and uh, taking over uh, the chamber, but he he made that he makes that observation. I'm, I know he's said it to you probably many times that uh, that model isn't necessarily how other cities do it uh, the way that we do it. No, it's not. I would say, if if I could say anything about Lincoln that I've learned through through meeting others in other communities, other economic economic development professionals. We are pretty good at finding consensus in our city, and I think a lot of that is through our model. Absolutely. Uh, through being that mediate, uh, mediator between the public and the private um, um, areas. Yeah, yeah. So give our listeners an idea, Kevin, of what your uh, job is in, in business development. What's, yeah. What's a typical day in the life of Kevin no, Kester? No problem. Well, my favorite thing about my job is the typical day in the life is different every yeah, day. Yeah, that's which good. I, a lot of people say that. You know, there's always the same goal, but... Um, Scratching that itch looks different every day. But to, to simplify it, I, I usually tell people there's kind of two tracks with what I'm looking to do. Um, number one, um, and not necessarily number one in this order, but the first one I'll say is new business recruitment. Um, yeah. That is exactly like it sounds. It's it's developing relationship and telling Lincoln's story to people from outside of our community, whether outside our, our city, our state, or uh, our country. Um, it's a lot of work with the Department of Economic Development yeah. on larger projects. Uh, it's a lot of work with third-party real estate companies, site selection group is what we call them, um, and then just business owners. So it, it's a lot of telling Lincoln's story. It's the... Um it's the big like newspaper sexy stuff. So like the 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 Google the Google, the Google announcement would be a great example. The of worst that. kept secret in yeah, Lincoln for yeah, yeah. the last that was, year uh, or two. Yeah, that was right right away. I you know I, I got on the NDA and found out about that, and and then immediately didn't talk about it to anybody for a while. <laughs> um, so that's kind of one side. But then honestly, the the meat and potatoes, the, the the true economic engine stuff is is what I do in between all of that, and that's business growth and retention of the firms that are already here. And I can dive more into detail if we have time, but essentially what it is is I, I just get my boots on the ground. I, I tell some people that I'm a professional field trip taker. I get to go out to businesses, see what's going on, feel what's going on, 
try to make sure that I'm somebody that a business owner knows they can call if they have an opportunity or a challenge come up um, and then get those people connected to resources. So there's the, the external relationships throughout the country and then the, the relationships inside our community and it's just connecting resources. So how often do you travel? Do you uh, assume there's conferences? And yeah, that- yeah, it varies a little bit. I would say I settle into probably once every six weeks um, and they're usually pretty pretty short in nature. Um, one of the, the main cornerstones of my travel is I'll go to a lot of trade shows, um, A, to walk those trade floors to help that, that BR&E, that retention work so I can find out, hey, what kind of, what kind of resources are out here for our businesses back in, in manufacturing, say, that I can, if I do my job and I know what those businesses need, then I can be an extension of them at these trade shows or whatever they would be. But also in conjunction with those trade shows, I'm usually setting meetings with site selection groups. Um, there's a lot of those in Chicago. There's a lot of those in Minneapolis, a lot of those in Denver. And what I'm doing there is I'm just going to these large firms and saying, hey, here's what's happening in Lincoln. Here's here's the good things that are happening. Here's the way we're trending. A lot of it is workforce related or new infrastructure. I'm talking about the, belt, the Beltway when that opened up. Sure. Just making sure we're top of mind with the people that represent those businesses that are trying to see where their next move might be. Well, I appreciate that, Kevin, because you know I think most of us uh, have a vague idea that uh, people just don't come to Lincoln by accident. I mean, maybe some do, but uh, it takes work uh, to recruit businesses and and to maintain businesses and to help businesses grow. And uh, the stuff that happens behind the scenes, I think it's that's why I wanted to have you on and why I have the chamber and other people under that umbrella uh, each Thursday is to help our listeners understand that, that this is a vibrant, dynamic process that, that takes a lot of work. Yeah, um, one of the best compliments or somebody... somebody um said it best a seasoned economic developer said you know you know what i think economic developers are they're they're people that make things happen that most people think just happen yeah and so that's that's kind of what it is it's it's usually a a long process with a lot of relationship building and a lot of getting things right and a lot of the irons striking at the right time um but but definitely it's a it's a pretty unique process it's a fun process but it's competitive one too because every every um community is looking for something that's going to help them grow and we're no different and i assume people have some of the same problems the challenges uh, of workforce and uh, child care and all of those challenges are not unique to lincoln yeah absolutely it's a it's an interesting field i'm sure a lot of people are in this field where your your competition is also some of your best friends and the the people you can kind of lean on to to discuss best practices. So when I go to different conferences with economic developers or just give somebody a ring, if I'm having a challenge, it's, it's probably not independent or unique to me. And there, there's a lot of, uh, we use the term R&D in ep- economic development, ripping off and duplicating. Um, so we, we definitely try to do some R&D if we can when mm-hmm. it comes to those problems because they're not unique. Absolutely. Well, I want to dig in a little further uh, when we come back after the break, Kevin, and, and talk about uh, some of the business outreach program that, uh, that you're doing and, and some other things. So, uh, so folks, uh, hang on. Uh, listen to these uh, very important uh, commercials and information. And then come on back. Uh, and join us here on the Lincoln Business Roundtable with Kevin Kester. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. 
Hey, welcome back to the Thursday edition, the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Each Thursday, we invite uh, the people that make this city hum and grow and prosper uh, in the business community. And as you know, we've got this great partnership uh, with the Lincoln Chamber and all of the umbrella organizations uh, that are housed underneath uh, or with in partnership with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. And one of those organizations is the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. And we're very fortunate to have Kevin Kester, uh, the Director of Business Development for uh, LPED, with us today chatting. And, and Kevin, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I wanted to chat about is LPED's business outreach program. Uh, so let's talk about what it is, uh, how you're developing it, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a formal term kind of in economic development. We use it too called BRE, business retention and expansion. Um, in reality, what it is, it's, it's making sure that, that you have a pulse on what's going on on a macro level in the city, but also on a micro level directly with those businesses. So, so what, what I do uh, in conjunction with my team, but it's definitely what I spend probably the most of my time on is, is identify employers of all, site, uh, all shapes and sizes. Um, you know, I, I, I probably target Externally, when I'm doing my targeting, I'm, I'm targeting some of those employers that are maybe bringing revenue into the community. Not that not that the ones that that are churning money aren't important. That's extremely important in economic development right now. But externally, I, I, I focus on those that are their revenue maybe comes from outside the community. But it can be small mom and pop businesses to some of our, our largest organizations, and, and it's it's just a year round thing that I I do quite a bit of. So what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what it looks like, it's it's um, it starts with some outreach from me, and you know, trying to trying to brand the program as much as I can, but identifying those those businesses around the community that maybe they already have a strong relationship with LPED or the chamber, and maybe they don't. Um, so it's that that making that first contact and then getting getting in the door. I I, I like to do these in person, face to face, if I can. Obviously, uh, I, I I can move with the times and do anything remote as needed, but I'm a little bit old school in that personal face to face connection. Absolutely. So what it looks like it's it's like 45 minute conversation, finding out, hey, what's uh, on an individual level, what's working well for you right now, and what's not, um, and then kind of going back a, a bit. Excuse me. What what's what's working in the community? What are the things that are positive about doing business in Lincoln, and what are negative? I, I try to do a great deal of these because I, I, I want to do enough of these that we can see trends. When you see trends and and you can start putting statistics behind it, that's when you can really help inform policy decisions and different programs. So doing enough of those, you can kind of help all those businesses together. But that's not to sacrifice the individual relationship because when you know that this specific company is having this specific problem, then all my other time spent learning and listening, I can have that inform the other work that I do and make sure I'm responding to them for that. So what are some of those trends that you're noticing? Yeah, uh, workforce. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the old workforce. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much number one <clears throat> with the bullet. Uh, what's, what's interesting that we find is it, it, it usually hovers right around 10%. And that can be if you have ten employees, then we could probably use another one. If we have a thousand, we could use a hundred yeah. of them. So we see that it's maybe gotten a little bit better in the last couple of years okay. um, from an applicant flow standpoint, from new new applicants coming in. Um, a challenge is, is retention of those employees as well. And, and because I, it's so competitive I out think there. So. Yeah. yeah, and 
you know, wages have, have, have gone up a lot. And, you know, on, on one side, I try to look at things holistically. Like I, I understand me being a person and, and, and most people want to do as much as they can for their family. If they have opportunities, sure. great. That's what, that's what makes it a, a little bit of a challenge for businesses. But I also think that there's other intrinsic things that businesses are doing and responding in terms of flexibility and fringe benefits that are mitigating that a little bit. So I would say, no, number one by far that that shared quote unquote pain point is yeah. is is workforce child care yep is, absolutely is the other yep that that's another one too and 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 what's nice is you 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 develop those relationships with some of the the businesses that have um have addressed that um, yeah. in different ways and they're they're willing to share right i i feel comfortable saying some somebody like huddle who yes. brought primrose in yeah talk about that, that because it is and we've talked about it on the show before and it, it's it's such a great example of here is a well i'll let you tell the story yeah, no no <laughs> a, a, absolutely you know um I think uh, Huddle is obviously they're incredible at what they do, but they're also incredibly good corporate citizens in yeah. Lincoln. They're 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 proud of being here, and we're proud of having them. And you know they they recognize that that a um, a challenge for their employees and, and a and a benefit for future employees would be to help solve some of that on that childcare um, uh, problem. So they brought it on site, and, and I think one of my favorite points about being in Lincoln and what makes this place special. I talked about building consensus, but there was also collaboration. I, I can say pretty confidently, Huddle would be somebody that would pick up the phone if you want to know, hey, how did you guys do that? They're, they're probably going to share that information because I, I, I think that they are a rising tide lifts all boats type of business. So just back to their what they've done for their employees for child care. Yeah. Uh, they've put a child care development center on their campus yes yes correct sorry i wasn't express about that but yeah right on their campus on the first floor of their building they have child care right there um i believe it's also open partially to the public yeah. a- as well but i know um you know the number one thing was let's let's get a solution for our employees and let's put it right here where they're at yeah. so I, I think that's an amazing benefit and one that we're going to continue to see what uh, we've got uh, just a little time left here uh kevin but what are some of the other the things that that have changed uh, in recent history with yeah with, with your work. Well, I think I think economic development as a whole used to be, hey, let's go chase smokestacks. We'll bring in a big business, and then everything else will will we'll figure that out. It's kind of the opposite right now. It's it's let's figure out housing for our communities. Let's figure out childcare. Let's figure out how to make this place a great place to live, and then the smokestacks will follow. Will follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Kevin, uh, remind our listeners uh, where they can find you and and plug into your services. Yeah, so probably best best place to get me would be our website, which is selectlincoln.org. Um, you can get there. Uh, you can also find us through the chamber. My name and contact information is right there, and I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody and everybody. Cool, Kevin Kester. Thank you so much director of business development lincoln partnership for economic development thanks very much folks uh hang on uh listen to some news and come back and we'll finish up uh, in the second half of the show we'll be right back after this on 1499.3 klin educating informing entertaining the dan parsons show on 1499.3 klin and welcome back. 
uh, to the Thursday edition of the show. We're delighted that you chose to uh, stick around. Uh, my thanks to Kevin Kester uh, with the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. I found that fascinating. I mean, here is uh, a, an organization that uh, functions here in, in our city to uh, not only uh, attempt to bring more business uh, into our city, uh, but also help those businesses that are that are here and thriving, and and it's a challenging time. I mean, uh, you know, there's uh, there's lots of challenges to businesses, and big and small. Uh, and 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 as Kevin said, one of the one of the themes that we hear constantly is is workforce. You know, we just uh, there's a lot of advantages of having some of the lowest uh, unemployment rate in America, uh, right here in Nebraska and in Lincoln. But the the challenge is we don't have enough workers, and it's it's uh, from people that are cooking you food to people who are building things. There's just not enough workers. So uh, that's a familiar theme that uh, Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development and the Chamber uh, faces on a constant basis. And then, as as you heard, the other one of the other challenges is, is child care. Um, and there's just, again, uh, for those... Uh, for those workers who are parents, uh, and, you know, I think I've seen statistics in the past that uh, Nebraska is one of the leaders in the country of both uh, parents uh, being working parents, and I think that's fairly common across uh, the country now. But I think, uh, so anyway, uh, those are challenges for all the businesses, whether you're a small business or a big business, and uh, it's just great to have uh, uh, that insight and leadership from uh from uh, people here in the city to uh, to help. So anyway, my thanks to Kevin Kester. Uh, and so uh, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, it is the entertaining part of the Dan Parsons show. Finally, we get the Friday and the Friday Afternoon Club uh, and the return of Chef Kevin Shin, my co-host. Uh, Kevin is kind enough to uh, uh, to join me every Friday. And as you know, we, uh, you know, we kind of take a little break from the serious issues of the day and and uh, let her hair down and well chef kevin doesn't have any hair but if he did uh he's joining us and taking a break from the serious matters and so you know we'll uh, we'll enjoy a cocktail or something tomorrow on the show and and uh talk about food and and uh, drink oh and let me tell you we've got a special guest coming up tomorrow uh, i wish it was in studio but uh, they've got a gig we're going to have a special guest uh mike simmerad uh, and the Riverhawks uh, are going to premiere their new album uh, on the show tomorrow. And I wish they were going to be in studio uh, to play. Uh, but uh, uh, Mike's got a gig. Uh, I told him when I was talking to him today, and, and Steve, you'll appreciate this. Um, you know, uh, you know, we we often have uh, either musicians or uh, people in the food industry, and uh, it turns out five o'clock on a Friday afternoon isn't the most ideal time to have people who serve food or play music into the studio. Why would that be? <laughs> so anyway, Mike Simrad uh, and the Riverhawks uh, are going to premiere uh, their new album on the show tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned for that. So they got. Uh, an album release party coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, I think they've got one 
anyway, we'll we'll do that on uh, the show tomorrow. So come back and join us for Friday Afternoon Club uh, with Chef Kevin Shen. And Chef's been gone. He's uh, he's taken some time off. And so after his busy season of his little micro uh, restaurant, uh, the Portico, and so he's taken some time off uh, this fall. And uh, but he's back uh, in the in the studio tomorrow afternoon. So please uh, join us for that. Well, here's what I'd like to chat about for the rest of the show. I I will open up the phone lines if you want to join us. Four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred talk or text. Uh, we'd love to to chat with you because here I'm I'm just uh, I'm a football fan. I'm a lifelong Husker fan, uh, and I know, uh, obviously, uh, 1400, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, the KLIN, is the voice of the Huskers, and so it's a very important uh, topic in this building and on this station. But here's what I'm confused about, and it just struck me uh, when Coach Rule said this, uh, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, uh, after a season in which... You know, three Cornhusker uh, quarterbacks uh, made appearances in at least five games. Uh, Coach Rule was asked uh, if he planned on addressing the position in the transfer portal. And uh, and as you know, due to the newly developed marketplace established by uh, uh, the name, image, and likeness uh, collectives, uh, that we can now, you know, uh, reimburse uh, uh College football athlete, college athletes, not just football, but college athletes. Um, you know, we're really starting to figure out what that looks like. And uh, Coach Rule uh, made this comment again. I think it was well, it was Wednesday. Uh, he was delivering uh, what some have said a public service announcement to reporters as a reminder of how expensive an elite uh, quarterback can be. And he this is what he said. He said, uh, quote, make no mistake, a good quarterback in the portal costs $1 million to $1.5 million to even as much as $2 million right now. Uh, and Coach Rule told reporters um, that uh, he's so – he's. So just, he said, so just that we're on the same page, right? Let's make sure we all understand what's happening. There are some teams that have six to seven million dollar players playing for them. Steve, does that make sense to you? Are, are we talking about Alabama here? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's an arms race. Well, pretty much any SEC team. Yeah. Uh, and so I just find, I just found that. Uh, just amazing, and and uh, let me be clear. I, I think uh, this. Uh, I believe it was a Supreme Court ruling that allowed uh, college football or college athletes, <clears throat> excuse me, to be paid, and and I I, I think that's a good. I, I think it's a good thing, uh, but now it's an arms race, and uh, and so you you take that comment that we need to spend, you know, a million, million and a half, two million dollars to get us a quarterback uh, from the portal. Um, and and you put that on top of the university's announcement uh, some weeks back that we're going to spend four hundred and fifty million dollars on uh, stadium renovations, and so I think some people have been <clears throat> suggesting that well, how about if we instead of four hundred and fifty million dollars on stadium renovations, how about if we cut that in half and we spend the other half of that buying football players? I mean, it just sounds amazing to me, and so I just, uh, I just can't quite wrap my head around what 
college athletics has become. And I'm not being critical. I'm just truly uh, wondering what this looks like uh, in the years ahead. So anyway, if you've got a comment, if you've got a thought, we don't talk a lot of sports on this uh, program, but uh, I I just thought I'd throw that out there today because we were talking about uh, in yesterday's show, uh, with our friends from Nebraska Examiner, uh, they did a story about uh, uh, about the, uh, uh, the 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 football renovations, uh, the stadium renovations, and uh, how Governor Pillen uh, was commenting uh, on uh, on 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 that, and how you know there's some people suggesting if we're going to spend 450 million dollars, can we raise all that from private funds as we always do? Uh, for improvements to the uh, uh, athletic uh, facilities uh, here in here in Nebraska, and uh, are we to a point where we should have the discussion of public uh, dollars, tax dollars, uh, going to some of those uh, efforts? And the governor, uh, according to the Nebraska Examiner story, didn't necessarily rule that out, but he was, I think, of the opinion that that. You know, there's there's better uses, obviously, of tax dollars than than that. So anyway, uh, I just found that uh, amazing. Uh, Steve, what what's your thoughts? Well, on that? and Dan, that's a, that's actually a great point there. Now, I was looking back uh, history wise, back in 1976 when they built the Bob Devaney Sports Center, they used the cigarette tax. To yes, help that's exactly right. So there were tax dollars uh, that were spent uh, back in the 70s uh, to build uh, the Bob Devaney Sports Center. And uh, so, yeah, there there is a precedent, I guess. It's been a few decades, but there uh, certainly is a precedent for spending uh, tax dollars on uh, athletic uh, facilities. And I think maybe we forget that. Those of us who are old enough to remember that, I think it was built uh, back in the 70s, if memory serves me right. And, uh, yeah, uh, cigarette smokers uh, paid for, I think, the majority of uh, uh, the taxes that went to uh, uh, to the uh, uh, to building the Devaney Center, which is still a very uh, important uh, facility. Steve, we got a caller. We do. We got Stan on the line. He wants to kind of chime in on what we've been talking about. Stan, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. What what are you thinking? Yeah, hello there. Uh, I was just saying that I think there's so many people in the state that are just so caught up on the the football team thing that. I mean, if you're just paying players to come here, I mean, why not just buy the Alabama team and say they're the Nebraska team? Would that really make people happy? Because to me, it's just ridiculous. It's like it's not even what it was back in the day. I, I just think it's become a joke. Yeah. Stan- all honesty. Yeah, Stan. I, I, I again, I, I, I'm trying not to be critical. I just, it's more of a thank you for your call, Stan. Appreciate very, appreciate it very much. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. It's, it's changing so quickly, and uh, but to hear the, the head coach come out and say that, uh, you know, that we need to spend a couple million dollars to get us a new quarterback. Uh, that's the pro- I, And I don't know that he was necessarily advocating for that, but he was saying uh, that's the price of a good quarterback in, in the system now. And uh, it just, I don't know, I, I just can't quite. Uh, and, and, and again, I I, uh, I don't know enough about the whole NIL system to, to really intelligently uh, have a conversation, I guess. That's why I'm asking for some others that maybe are more familiar with it uh, to chime in. So anyway, if you've got a thought, uh, four, 402-479-1400, if you've got a thought on pain 
uh, Nebraska football players and and what do we need to take and 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 balancing that with spending uh you know almost a half a billion dollars to renovate uh, the stadium uh and so where where's that balance um Anyway, I just find that interesting. And Coach Rule just, uh, you know, he closed, uh, who he, you know, closed out his first season with uh, with the team is uh, another losing year, uh, five and seven uh, record, uh, and and he said he was not opposed to finding players in the portal. Uh, last year we we found we took quarterback Jeff Sims, uh, who started uh, twenty three games over three years at Georgia Tech. Uh, and he came here, and we got him out out of the portal, and uh, he started two games for us uh, this season, uh, through through one touchdown and six interceptions. That didn't work out too well. So anyway, if you've got some thoughts, uh, give us a call. But let's take this little break, and we'll come back and finish up uh, after these messages. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the show. Uh, we've talked business, we've talked recruiting of uh, businesses, and so now, you know, now we're into sports talk. <laughs> we'll get you ready for Sports Nightly uh, coming up here in a few minutes, and uh, you know, maybe the, maybe they'll uh, continue this conversation on Sports Nightly. But uh, yeah, Coach Rule has just uh, put it out there a couple days ago and said, "Here's here's the cost of of uh, playing in in college sports today. We you got to spend at least a couple." million dollars to get yourself a good quarterback and uh, as stan uh, called in and suggested why don't we just you know uh, buy the whole alabama team and uh yeah it's uh, it, it's crazy and it's uh you know and and talking about recruitment we were talking with uh, kevin kester from uh, lincoln partnership for economic development and the challenges of bringing businesses to lincoln well think of think of that from a sports perspective of bringing football players here or any athletes here uh you know we don't have the oceans uh, we don't have the mountains uh you know there's other reasons to come to play in nebraska but it's probably not one of them uh and steve uh, steve hardesty our uh, producer for the day steve i mean what what is driving those players here if it's not money uh it's it's certainly not you know a lifestyle of of uh uh, you know, and hopefully it's tradition, though, right? That's what we've built on for for years. Is come play here, but gosh, we haven't we haven't had a lot of success over the last twenty years. Yeah, it's not quite like it was twenty years ago when you could just sell the Nebraska tradition. However, you do have playing in one of the premier conferences in the That's United true. States, the Big Ten Conference. You're going to be in fr- in front of millions of people every weekend, be it on Fox, CBS, NBC. Big Ten Network, you name it. That's a, that's a really good point because that is one of the most lucrative, as I understand, one of the most lucrative uh, TV deals in the country uh, that the Big Ten has. And so there is a lot of dollars uh, in the Big Ten. Well, and then you add in the four West Coast schools that are joining the conference next year. you got even more eyeballs watching the Big Ten. So you do have that to your advantage here at Nebraska. Yeah. Well, folks, if you got a thought, 402-479-1400, if you want to join the Dan Parsons Show Sports Talk. 
<laughs> I've, da- I've I've now broken the seal, Steve. I'm doing oh my I'm goodness. doing sports talk, and and I don't know that I'm that qualified. You know, I do uh, in my day job. I don't I don't think I've ever represented. Let me think. Have I ever represented any athletic programs? Uh, I don't think I have. Now that I think about it, but uh, but hey, maybe that's a new area I need to get involved in. Maybe I need to get. Maybe I need to you know find some quarterbacks that want to come to play in Nebraska and want to make a couple million. This could be an opportunity for you, Dan. <laughs> Got to look at it that way. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, I, I just find it fascinating that uh, this is a state of uh, of college football now, uh, that a head football coach in a Big Ten uh, school is saying from the podium, we've got to have a couple million dollars to get us a quarterback. Uh, that's the that's the asking price. So anyway, and at the same time, you juxtapose that against uh, you know the proposal of spending uh, nearly a half a billion dollars to upgrade our facilities in the stadium. Um, yeah, should we be spending uh, some of that money on on football players? Uh, it's 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 an interesting. It'll be interesting, and and you know the bottom line is we just need to win. Uh, that'll solve uh, all of those problems. And, and, and to be fair, again, I, I follow college football enough to know that I do think Coach Rule is uh, is the right guy at the right time. Uh, he seems like he's in this for the long run. And he's, uh, you know, he's shown that uh, that he can manage team, even though maybe can't manage the clock as well as some of us would like. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some there's some signs that we're headed in the right direction. And I guess we just need to have a little bit more money to uh, uh, to find some football players uh, uh, to do that. So anyway, well, uh, let me remind you what's coming up uh, tomorrow on the Friday Afternoon Club. Uh, it's the return of Chef Kevin Shin. Uh, Chef's been off for a, a few weeks, uh, taking some time off after his busy season. So Chef's back uh, behind the mic. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, and uh, a special musical guest, uh, Mike Simrad, and the Riverhawks are going to be previewing their brand new album uh, on the show tomorrow. So uh, tune in for that. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike's a, a, a well-known musician here in the city, and uh, uh, does some other things as well as his day job. And uh, so anyway, we'll look forward to that. Uh, and uh, and then of course. Um, uh, and yeah, so and, and we always enjoy uh, Kevin's uh, talk of uh, of food and drink, and uh, yeah, it's the entertaining part of the Dan Parsons show because shoot, you know, all week long we're talking about news and we're talking about politics and business, and so by the time we get to Friday, I don't know about you, it's time to. Uh, to let our hair down and and do something a little different, so we'll do that. But uh, uh, let me just tell you then on on Monday, um, uh, it, it's our uh, weekly chat with our friends at Flatwater Free Press, and they are continuing to do this series on uh, who's buying land in Nebraska. And of course, last week we or this week uh, we talked uh, to Destiny Herbers, a reporter, and uh, outlining that uh, the largest. Uh, one of the largest uh, landowners in Nebraska in the last, at least in the last few years, is the Mormon Church, and so they're going to continue to dive into that uh, story as who's buying uh, farmland uh, here in Nebraska. So we'll do that, and uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, come back for that on Monday, and and if uh, 
in the last few minutes we have here, if you've got a thought of what you're doing for the weekend, I'd love to hear it. If uh, what what music are you listening to? Like I said, we're going to have uh, Mike Simmerad and the Riverhawks on uh, tomorrow. But uh, what's your go-to, uh, Steve? Where do you go to listen to live music in the city? I've been to the Zoo Bar quite a few yeah, times. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just a standby. It's been been around Lincoln for over fifty years. Yeah, seen quite a few shows at uh, Duffy's downtown yeah, as well. Yeah, Lincoln's really building up its live music scene. I I used to live up in Omaha. Went to, went to plenty of live shows up there. But, I mean, Lincoln's really stepping up its game. You can hear live music in this city every day of the week. I'm thoroughly convinced of that. And it's it's a vibrant. And, again, we're, if we were talking about business development and recruiting uh, businesses here and recruiting workers here, you know, some of those amenities that are going to attract people your age and even younger people uh, right out of college, if we're competing with the Chicago's and the Kansas City's and the Denver's uh, to recruit some of those uh, pl- uh, uh, people here to work, uh, it, it, it's only natural that they're going to be looking for things that remind them of where they've come from. And so, Lincoln, you know, we are doing that. We have uh, a, a vibrant food scene. We have a vibrant, uh, uh, you know, and certainly with the college, it's uh, it's the ability to, uh, to attract those people and keep those students uh, here after they graduate. Uh, as Kevin said, uh, he did that, you know, boomerang from, you know, leaving the city and, and then coming back. And so, yeah, those, uh, but yes, the music scene, the food scene, the uh, bar scene, uh, and the family atmosphere. I mean, if you're going to look for some place uh, to start uh, your career uh, in business and, uh, you know, uh, meet someone and start a family, uh, Lincoln's a pretty darn good place to do that. And so that's, uh, we didn't get into that with Kevin, but that's some of the selling points that we have in this great city. The greatest city in America is what I think. So, well, folks, uh, I'm delighted that you chose to tune us in here on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, so have a great evening. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for the Friday Afternoon Club. Now go do good things.